1: We do a podcast? What the fuck?
0: Attention! Fan Holes Podcast, the pop culture podcast for the fans by the fans, will begin shortly. Uh,
1: Teletra 1
0: calls Dinobots respond. Which ones? Fan Holes.
2: way? No Podcast like this, like
0: this. That's good enough for Snarl.
2: Oh, wait! Snarl, not here
0: yet! He missed podcast! Uh, Me, Grimlock, say we know it. Dinobots transform and listen to (laughs) podcasts!
1: Hey guys, welcome back to another exciting episode of Fan Holes Podcast. And as promised, you may or may not recall, a couple weeks ago, we did a series of podcasts that we titled Page by Page, where we went through history of the DC Universe page by page and just took a look at all the Art and text and just made our little fan holes commentary on it and we promised that we would be doing this come again in june when we were looking at transformers universe transformers universe is the marvel comics four issue miniseries that basically details all the generation one Cast of characters, their profiles, weaknesses, and abilities. And since there's going to be a snazzy new Transformers film that's going to be premiering June 27th, 2014. The Age of Extinction uh, will be released probably by the time you finish listening to all four of these podcasts. But yeah, for the next month, you're going to be listening to us do some page-by-page with Transformers Universe. So if you liked the previous page-by-pages, I hope you're still listening now and checking this out. And if this is your first time, well, we're just going to get right into it and look at all the different various cast of characters in Marvel Comics Transformers Universe. From the secret files of Teletran Two. Um, this is kind of like a who's who or a you know Marvel official handbook style release. Only it basically covers the Transformers cast of characters that had been released up to that point. So on the cover here that we're looking at now, we've got Bumblebee. He's uh, I don't know. He wants to bump fists. Given an, yeah, yeah hmm. like, giving a Nazi fist. salute or something. Yes, wants yes, to bump fists it's... with everybody.
0: Black Panthers. (laughs) But,
1: uh, yeah, basically, you know, and then you've got, you know, this is back when there was actually, like, text on covers and stuff, and it's telling you it's a first issue, it's a collector's item, like, hardy har, because I'm sure you could go out and get this for, like, a buck somewhere or whatever, but, you know, hey, it's a collector's item. Um, And then, uh, you know, it's got the little blurb that says, Beginning a four-issue guide to all the Autobots and Decepticons, their powers and weaknesses and more! I don't know what the more is, but we'll find out when we, <laughs> when we look at it. But, yeah, behind Bumblebee, there's a, you know, sort of montage of, of people's faces and stuff. And, you know, they're, they're in red, but I guess if you're, like, a true Transformers fan, you can, you know, tell that there's, like, Bombshell and Brawn and, you know, basically all these cats with the letter B in the background. That
2: looks yeah, good. I kind of wish they, like, released that art, like, by itself, like, independently. Like, all the covers have that. But I guess it's only like here, like in with with things over it and all in one color.
1: <laughs> I see what you're saying. You mean like kind of like like they, when they released like Japanese anime intros, but it's like textless and not a bunch of you know,
0: yeah, credits would be in nice a way, to
1: have those, like kind of yeah. like a clean clean opening for the cover. Yeah, that would be cool. So I guess we'll we'll go ahead and we'll we'll, we'll actually get into it and I'm uh, the. The interior here, we've actually got the content, so we know what we're getting into. There's about 32 listings. It looks like it goes from A to G. So, like, if this was, like, a who's who or a Marvel handbook, it'd be, like, the official handbook of the Marvel Universe from A to G. But I guess it's the official handbook of the Transformers Universe from A to G. And then I think me and and Mike were talking about this before, but uh, before we started the show – but you see the credits below with all the different people that were involved in this. And I was just confirming with him. I was like, hey, dude, like Bob Bodinsky, he's the one who wrote all these tech specs, right? And, of course, Mike said yes. But then we got into, like, who actually did all the artwork and everything. You want to fill in the readers on, on what the actual uh, 411 is, on, on who the actual artist is for all these profiles?
2: Well for for years people thought that John Ramita senior like actually drew all these cuz he's listed in the credits as art director but it's not what do you call it? all it is is um I, the guy's name is Floro Derry um he was like the the I guess concept artist who like um did all the character models for like the cartoon and the comic like I guess for the original like Transformers like bible or whatever and he like took the toys, or he took like some like other Japanese guy who uh, did like all these character models, and he simplified them like for animation and stuff. So he gave, I don't think he, he, gave
1: he, he gave Ratchet and Ironhide heads then, basically. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's even listed like anywhere in no, this No, he's spread, not. He's not listed yeah. in it. I think because uh, like what it it says there is, it's got Ian Aiken and Brian Garvey as inkers slash embellishers. And then as far as the cover art goes, you know, they credit Herb Trim, but, you know, there's nobody who's really listed as the the artist or or, you know, like sometimes like with like who's who or or even the Marvel handbook. Like there'll be different artists for different entries, maybe. But in this case, you can tell it's all the same art style. So. So, yeah, definitely. I guess it's it's. Must be Floro Deary. But, yeah, I remember thinking that. Like, I, I just had that conversation with you. I was like, you sure it's not John Romita? Like, cause I guess it's like one of those internet rumors or whatever. I was trying to figure out why I thought that, because I know it wasn't because he was listed as art director in these credits. Like, I swear, like, I don't know. I went back and looked at Transformers, like, 7 and 8 real quick, but I didn't see any evidence of why I thought that. But, you know, I thought maybe in the left. I don't know. Like, I kind of...
2: I I remember kind of looking at these profiles and saying, oh yeah, that looks like John Romita's art, like kind yeah, of yeah
1: yeah. I don't know why I thought that. Like I thought there might have been some other reason why I thought that, but you know, I guess not. But um, so yeah, and, and you can see in the uh, in the indicia, however you say that, there's a, a what is this 1985? So that's that's when the shiznit of Transformers universe was going down. Um, And so, uh, you know, basically, I guess now it's just giving you the down low on the basic Transformers backstory. It says four million years ago, they came from Cybertron, a world composed entirely of machinery, dot, dot, dot. A world torn by an age-old war between the heroic Autobots and the evil Decepticons. These incredibly powerful, living robots, capable of converting themselves into land and air vehicles, weapons and other mechanical forms, continue their conflict here on Earth. They are the Transformers. So yeah, and then and then it just goes into all these different listings, which, uh, you know, from what I recall, if I'm remembering correctly, I mean these were pretty much the tech specs transcribed. Am I not mistaken? Or
2: I, I think these actually came first, and the tech specs were like pared down versions of these.
1: Basically. Oh, okay, okay, interesting, interesting. Because like, because I, I I know yeah.
2: this is all the stuff that like Bob uh, Budiansky wrote for like the Bible, like for the okay. like. Yeah, like, you know, whenever someone, like, he was like, you know, Larry would come up and be like, you know, here's all these toys. Now make them, like, things that kids like, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, like, make them personalities. Like, you know, tell me what this friggin' little crappy rifle
1: does, you know. Do it. Do it now. Cool. So air raid. So we got any aerial bot fans here on the show so far? Did I introduce everybody? Because I'm Derek, Derek W C. And then of course joining <laughs> me was Mike. And then also here tonight is
0: Brian Breakdown. Sorry yeah. about
1: that. I'm I'm a bad bad host. I, I'm not even <laughs> I'm not even here. I'm so I'm so engaged with Floro Deary and his apparently uh, trollish ways on the internet that I i wasn't I wasn't even <laughs> paying attention to introducing anybody
0: strangely um, enough like I was looking up a ton of like floral interviews this week, and then also I guess he had a like a um a web page where he sells like not only original art which like was like all these awesome like transformer layouts and stuff he did for the movie and I don't know toy lines he's doing, but he also makes like uh pokemon like bracelets and stuff like that that he sells, <laughs> so it's kind of an interesting uh little shop he runs on the internet hey
1: well you you heard it here if you didn't already know and you want a pokemon bracelet Floro deary's your man i guess so cool can you can you get like prints from him or
0: whatever on his website uh, like, you want like to get like already bought all the transformer ones and doesn't oh, like okay. he has any left there are okay. still some like um like original artwork he's done but it's like elves and a unicorn right. and things okay. like that
1: okay i see all right okay cool so, yeah, and then the thing I always liked about these tech specs, and then I guess this is carried over into these, you know, universe profiles, is you, you get the the single quote that I guess would define the character. So, like, here we're looking at Air Raid, and, you know, they kind of say his allegiance is to the Autobots, of course, and his subgroup is an aerial bot, and his function is a warrior, and then they kind of list his first appearance being the Marvel Transformers comic, issue 21, but then, like, they've got his little quote, which is, if you look first, you may not leap. You know, so it's like, I guess those are all supposed to be defining quotes for, you know, that particular character, you know, kind of giving you a hint on, you know, how they would be characterized in the, you know, maybe the cartoon or the the comic. And I guess sometimes that might be different. I always remember sometimes the tech specs, you know, you'd watch the cartoon maybe and, and get used to, how the characters acted, but then they'd be a little different you know if you if you read the the comic book or whatever. Mm-hmm
2: air raid's my favorite aerial bot so i guess i'll say that like i always thought he had the coolest toy he looked the coolest and in that first apparent well i guess he showed up on the cartoon probably first but in that first appearance in the comic it's like the all the rest of the aerial bots got owned and then like air raid like came swooped out of the sky and saved everyone so i was like oh yeah like air raid's the man good
1: work guys especially you air raid you really know what you're doing yeah,
2: right. Yeah. Well he
1: definitely he definitely looked the most like a Decepticon to me, at least in his jet mode yeah, and then he F- kinda had that yeah. that cool, you know, sort of dark paint job and everything. So yeah, I can see why why he would be your favorite.
0: Especially like Aerial Bots were the epitome of like having one one mode like vastly superior to the other toy mode. And uh obviously his jet mode was like extremely cool and like I always liked that size of toys too, it was like real easy to play with as a kid, but Unfortunately, his robot mode wasn't much to uh, play with. No, yeah, he, he, yeah, I think he was
2: definitely the best of the like four aerial bots. Yeah, at least. like Fireflight.
0: I was gonna oh, say Fireflight okay. runs like a close second because I think his red paint screen uh, paint scheme with like the blue lightning bolts and stuff I think that's pretty cool. But Air Raid was still my favorite. Was
1: Was Air Raid your first aerial bot, Mike? Since he was your favorite, or I.
2: I he was the first generation two aerial bot I got. Okay. Like I don't, I never owned the original one. He's
0: okay. blue, right? With like red. Yeah. Yeah. Decals. yeah
2: blue
1: and yellowish. Well, I think. like spiderweb yeah, decals.
0: I think. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. See, I don't know. I don't know too much about the G two stuff because I'm, I'm an old fuddy-duddy. Like all I remember was I got like slingshot. I think was the first aerial bot I ever got, and then I remember he had like the the vertical takeoff and landing capability or whatever. And I was like, really? And I'm like, okay. You know, so it's like, they kind of, it's funny how like, do you think like, like did did people really pay attention to like a lot of these abilities that they have in the tech specs or, or in these profiles? Like did, did air raid ever, you know, fly at speeds up to Mach 2 or you know, well, I
2: know he he used the torque rifle in his first appearance. Okay. It, he shoots Ramjet with it, and Ramjet's like, of, as is like usual with like Bob Budiansky's like you know writing. Like Ramjet describes in detail what the like torque ray he is, is doing, doing to him.
1: Or, <laughs> yeah. He's
2: like, ah, that beam is like twisting my nose cone or
1: something. <laughs> yeah awesome like air
2: raids awesome. like that's courtesy of my torque rifle which can apply up to eighty thousand psi of rotational force to you
1: yeah i know i know i know people probably have a lot of judgment about that style of writing but i kind of miss like just the idea that you know that he's uh, at least he's filling in people even though they they kind of speak in an expositional tone or whatever but you know i kind of miss that you know even even the Claremontisms of like oh hey my name's storm and i control the weather you know it's kind of like oh good now now we're all on the same page now we can now we can move forward or whatever whereas like these days you see like 20 guys in the background you know i don't know pooping out some kind of energy beam and you're like what's that guy's name i don't know what does he do (laughs) I, i don't fucking know you know, and you're just like kinda of lost. So yeah.
2: One one last thing about Air Raid, he got to be cool in a war for Cybertron. Like uh, I, but, uh but oh I guess Silverbolt was there too, but like it was him and Silverbolt and the rest of the Aerialbots bots weren't in it.
1: So Okay. Yeah. So I guess I mean that, 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 we'll we'll move on to the next page, but um yeah, Air Raid uh was, you know, a cool Aerial bot. And now we're getting on to one of the more famous, I think, Decepticons. The triple changer. His name is Astro Train. Uh, he is uh, obviously I said he's a Decepticon but he his function is military transport so a lot of the times especially in the movie and the cartoon you know he would have that weird uh, pocket dimension size changing morph type technology I guess where he would turn into a space shuttle and Devastator and all these big transformer motherfuckers would load up on him even though maybe he was not as big as Devastator in robot mode. Um but yeah, his his quote is uh in confusion there is opportunity. So that I guess is a little hint into his his devious Decepticon nature and how he would you know try to take advantage of you know people's shortcomings and loss of uh cognizance. Um, but yeah, like, uh, I guess the other mode he has is, you know, since he's a triple changer, he not only turns into a space shuttle, but he turns into a train. I remember, I think if, if I'm not mistaken, I think Astro train was the first triple changer that I ever owned. Although I thought it was funny that, you know, these designs probably resemble more closely the, the cartoon, I would say, but it seems like these colors uh, are a lot more like the toy colors and I remember always noticing that you know when when I had the toy you know Astrotrain was quite uh w- you know kind of white and purple whereas if you watched him on like the cartoons and the animated shows you know he was very dark gray you know in tone yeah. as opposed to this kind of bright white color
0: I always really liked his voice on the cartoon him him and Blitzwing were like uh, a couple of the earliest transformer toys I had period so I enjoyed their toys, even though, you know, Astrotrain gets super gimpy arms. But, um, yeah, I do always remember, like, how... Uh, he had, a, he had, he
1: had a, a big old, like, monster-sized gun, though, to make up for it. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's you true. know what they say about Transformers gun size,
0: right? You know, so. mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think um, he... They did get quite a bit of love, too. They had a couple episodes peace, I think. But um, one of my favorite parts is, like, when he's fighting, like, Omega Supreme on the moon. And he's like, looks like the big boy needs a little training. And he transforms into a train and then rams his foot. <laughs>
1: I always remember, like like, I think I played with this toy so much that eventually the train mode was kind of horrible. Like, because, mm-hmm. like, you know how you had those, like, flaps in the shuttle mode that had like little landing wheels but then when you flip them to the other side they would you know kind of serve as the cover of the train and the train wheels like eventually some of those broke off so it's like in robot mode with his legs he looked fine and even in the space shuttle mode it was like yeah he still had his wings and everything he just kind of was missing the landing wheels but when you tried to transform him into a train at least the one i had it was like whoops like it's like he's a naked train without any wheels or whatever so days of megatron was not like this and, you know you would think that would be astrotrain's weakness that he was a naked train but they they say he's prone to mechanical breakdowns as a train in his wheel assemblies so maybe i was like trying to echo the <laughs> the weakness that is listed here you know so
2: i've got no strong feelings about astrotrain one way or the other really
1: okay okay Uh, So moving on, the the next entry we've got in front of us is the Autobot Hippie Zen Master, Beachcomber. Uh, Beachcomber is a geologist, so he's not only hip and happenin', and knows all about the planet Earth, and uh, one would assume there's geology on Cybertron. I don't know
0: how that was. I was just going to say he was he was yeah. very bored on Cybertron. You know, like, <laughs> I, I,
1: I don't. I'm not sure how that that goes, but yeah. Um, his his first appearance. Oh wait, it, yeah, his first appearance. You know what's interesting? Astrotrain does not have a first appearance. Um, I just noticed that.
2: Um, but, I wonder if that comic hadn't been published yet when this was published, because. You said 1985 this came out? Yeah,
1: 1985, but, like, the... the I think th- Astro
2: Train doesn't show up till like, I think, like, 29 or 30, oh, Wow, maybe. okay,
1: because he's, what, he doesn't get included, like, the Triple Changers don't show up in the Marvel comic until, like, they introduce, like, Octane as well or something? Or...
0: Yeah. Okay. He okay. slightly ahead, Blitzwing's the same scenario, so Okay. Mike's Interesting. probably correct.
1: Yeah, yeah, so they, he probably just hadn't shown up by this point in time. Uh, but Beachcomber's first appearance was in the famous uh, smelting pots of Cybertron in Transformers 17, where they <laughs> smelting were... Smelting pots. Yeah, yeah, I just remember, like, Blaster and all the... Blaster and his crew of guys that were valiantly fighting against Lord Straxus, so I remember that being a, a big deal. Um, and, of course, Beachcomber's, like... Like man, know the conflict within before facing the conflict without, or whatever, you know. So I guess that is Beachcomber's words of hippie wisdom for the masses. Um, (laughs) I don't know, Beachcomber (laughs) turns into a dune buggy. I think I had a Beachcomber, but one of his headlights was broken.
2: I had a G2 Beachcomber, but that's about it. Any My friend any had thoughts? one,
0: and I coveted it, but I'm, I didn't have one until later on. <laughs>
1: awesome, awesome. Did you, I, I'm curious, like, do, like, I don't know if this will come up in various entries or not, but have they attempted to uh, make any kind of updated, I guess, characters of the guys we've done so far? Like, has there been, like, a, a Generations Classics, whatever you call them, of Beachcomber or... Astrotrain or any of those there's guys?
0: a legend sized beachcomber, but um Astro train actually got a really good update with classics, yeah. it's like one of my favorite classics toys, and um also like the classics toy like transformation so closely emulates like the originals it's like oh, it's like a weird uh muscle memory thing with me where, like, I'm instantly transported back to my childhood just because the uh, yeah. transformations are so similar.
1: Yeah, see, I'm always afraid, like, if I ever buy, like, new Transformers, like that that one that Mike sent me, the Alternators, I don't have any muscle memory for that. But, like, if somebody, like, sent me, like, a classic Cyclonus, like, I know I could transform that without even looking at it, you know? Like, yeah. it's kind of, it's weird. Like, I, I feel like the only Transformers that would be worth a shit to me are the ones that I have muscle memory with. Cause otherwise I'd be like sitting there with like optimal optimists and my head would explode, you know, cause I'd be like, Oh, I don't know, dude. Like he's a monkey now <laughs> and that's how he's going to stay, you know? Like, it's
0: just, yeah. So he has a big gun and arms in this classic version too. It's oh, cool. okay. Interesting. Interesting.
1: So, uh, any, any uh, thoughts on like uh beachcomber's abilities or his weaknesses, you know, his, his mental stress that apparently makes him vulnerable in combat situations, you know?
0: Man, as such as a hippie, if only there was something you could smoke, that would calm him down. He <laughs> <laughs> perform a little bit better.
1: You're a geologist, Ooh. man. Like, <laughs> And it's legal in certain wacky states, so... Stake green, beachcomber. He just, it,
2: he just needs some of that golden shit from the Golden Lagoon to like don't, smoke. Or. Shit!
1: Don't the Autobots live in Oregon? I mean, can't they just go to Humboldt? And, <laughs> oh, anyway, anyway, all right. So moving on. Uh, our next entry is Blades. Blades is, of course, an Autobot. His subgroup is Protectobot, and his function, because he turns into a helicopter is air support, and his first appearance is Transformers issue number 24. His quote war is a dirty game, and I'm a dirty player. <laughs> so yeah, Blaze is, is a mean motherfucker, I guess. I mean, according to Generation <laughs> 2 comics, from what I recall, he's a yeah. mean son of a bitch. Uh, ironically, I think he's a nice, friendly dude on Rescue Bots um, who flies around <laughs> with people and, and saves people and stuff like that. But yeah, I guess in G2, he's He's a mean, surly kind of Autobot, which I guess is yeah, like, kind of rare. That, I guess, right? For, for I was I was going to
2: say that kind of gave me a kind of disconnect, like in the G two comic, because like I guess in the cartoon, Blades was just like a generic. Well, Blades sounded like Fred from Scooby Doo in the mm. cartoon, so like I was kind of like, man, I can't like put that voice to him like at all in this in this comic. So
1: Fred's mad, and he's not going to take it anymore.
2: Yeah. It's like Frank Welker, like, stretching, like, all the way, like, for his, like, 19th character in the series okay. or whatever. It's like, um... I'm, I
0: was, I'm sorry, I was just trying to think of when he had a line. Was it during the, uh, like, the Hate Plague episodes?
2: No, um, I, I think it, it's towards the end, like, one of the Bruticus episodes in season two, but, like, the line I always remember for him is when he's, like, dousing some fires and stuff, and he's, like, uh... He's something like, I'm running out of coolant. I can't cool the whole planet. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. I remember, um, like, Streetwise and Groove putting those people in the meat cooler. <laughs> in the, the like, meat, meat cooler. You think we'll be okay in here? <laughs> sure.
2: Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know, maybe. <laughs> there's, no
0: do- there's no doorknob on the inside. Let's just shut it and go.
2: You think what? we should poke some holes in
1: this, maybe?
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, Throw some bad. grass down for them.
1: Like, Beachcomber's just a geologist. He's not a biologist. We don't know about putting these flesh creatures in cryo-freezers.
2: Uh, <laughs> uh, the the only thing I clearly remember is he, he... It was basically, like, Frank Welker doing his, like, Iceman or Fra- uh, Fred okay. Jones voice for him, so... What am I going to do? I can't cool the whole planet! I, I like Blades. I mean, like, I liked him in the G2 comic when he, like, you know, kill people who are surrendering and stuff, so, and I call think, Hound like a pussy or whatever.
1: Nice. nice. No, I um, I, I know I had Blades at some point, but I think it, it was one of those ironic things where I think when I finally assembled all the Protective I lost Blades, even though he was one of, like, the, you know, earliest Protective that I had owned. So it was, like, one of those sad things. I forget what he was. Like, I think he must have been an arm or something, because I was, like, my Defensor was was armless at some point so mm-hmm. and then of course everybody's favorite uh, Marvel comic version of uh, on the next page here is Blaster Autobot communications specialist uh, his first appearance is Transformers 17 again the famous Strax or Lord Straxus issues where you know Blaster was leading this ragtag group of Autobots of which Beachcomber was a member uh, and of course his quote is when the music is rockin', I'm rollin'. So that's his quote. So obviously he, he loves the music. He likes to turn it up loud. It's funny, on the cartoon he was very much like that, you know, where he was always listening to Earth music and kind of, he was the, I don't know, Jazz's big, big brother or something, you know. Like, he, mm-hmm. he, you know, he definitely had that same kind of Scatman Brothers archetypical voice where he was, you know, this happenin' jive rockin' Autobot dude. <laughs> Um, but then on the in the in the comics, like I always thought he was almost like a you know kind of Rodimus Prime type. You know, I mean at least the way it ended up going. I mean, you know, when he first shows up on Cybertron, like he's the one kind of in charge of all these you know leftover you know I guess you know second wave of Transformer Autobot guys you know, on Cybertron, and then and then even much later when Grimlock goes fucking batshit crazy and is running around with a little crown, like, you know, saying he's me Grimlock King and is acting like a doofus, like he's the one who basically, you know, kind of has to go on the run and then eventually comes back and sort of, you know, topples his more fascist leadership of the Autobots, so I always kind of viewed him... Differently, you know. I, this was one of the cases. I yeah. The, the cartoon uh, characterization was was vastly. Uh, he, it was it was way more one dimensional than than the characterization he got in the comics. I think. So.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say like I I know Bob Budiansky like said that like he he made Blaster so like prominent because he just thought like the toy looked really cool. Oh, so uh, okay. Was,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was a fun toy. I mean, I I remember my my tape deck like that was the one thing I was sad about was the the tape deck like the spring I guess broke or something. So his his tape deck was either permanently opened or eventually I think what I did was like I taped it shut or something so it didn't That's
2: that I think that's like a common problem with Blasters. The I I I had one too and his his my mine's uh tape deck is permanently shut. Like it can't open. Oh, uh, okay. Like, unless I like tried to break it, basically.
1: Well, I I don't know about that. Like I know my spring broke, so mine was yeah, mine was permanently open. And then what yeah, I it's... did was I I taped it. I I just remember like a piece of tape went over his Autobot symbol just so I could keep it, you know, shut so he didn't look like I don't know, like a moron and robot. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I liked open. him. I, I yeah exactly. I I like I liked him a lot. Um, you know, I, he had that kind of big honking sonic gun, which I guess they probably say like fires fifty million decibels or something. Let's see what it says here. Oh,
2: the the electro scrambler. There you go. That, see, that knew- was another. That was another Budiansky. Like I, I, I can recall him describing its effects or having his victims describe the effects of <laughs> right, it. Right. Right. Yeah, It's causing vertigo because of, yeah, powerful waves of electromagnetic energy that you're shooting at me, you know.
1: I, I do remember them, like, always trying to pair off, you know, Blaster against Soundwave, as he was, like, supposed to be the Soundwave of the Autobot, supposedly. But I always thought that was kind of, like, I mean, at least in terms of the toys and the size, and I know you can't get too detailed into, you know... The, the scale of Transformer toys, I suppose. But, you know, at the time, I always thought that was kind of ridiculous because I'm like, dude, Blaster's, like, twice as big as Soundwave, you know? Like, he was almost as big as, like, you know, guys like, you know, Ultra Magnus or Metroplex. I mean, not that big, but he was pretty, he was pretty big, I mean, if I recall, you know, in yep. Robot Mode.
2: The only other thing I want to mention about Blaster is, like, in this art of him, like, like the head design he's got here, it's like the head he has in the cartoon, but, like, when they drew him in the comic, usually they use, like, the toys.
1: Like, yeah, yeah. He had those, those weird dessert. kind of yellow eyes where, yeah. it was like, and, and he kind of had that, um, I don't know, that, it, that weird kind of line work on his face, I guess, is the best way to yeah. think of it, yeah. So next up we've got Blastoff. Uh, I destroy Autobots by choice, not by command. Yeah, Blastoff is a Decepticon, his subgroup is a Combaticon. Uh his function is a space warrior because like AstroTrain, uh he must be AstroTrain's little brother or something, because he turns into a space shuttle as well. Uh I did did Blastoff have that same kinda weird space dimensional thing going on where, like, people could load up in him as well? I don't recall.
0: Um, I think when, like, when they were capturing all the Autobots to steal their fuel pumps or whatever it was so they could eat Energon, um, I think they load them into either Vortex or Blastoff, and ah, so, like, they capture, okay. like, Jazz and Cliffjumper, I think. Oh, okay, okay, So yeah, one so of, one or the other hauls them up and, like, is able to fit both of them in the, in his belly, so... Okay,
1: yeah, so he must have that same kind of wacky technology. Um, yeah. I
2: I'd, I'd just like to say people all, always give groove shit for turning into a giant motorcycle, but no one gives blast off <laughs> shit for turning into a small
1: space shuttle. Yeah. 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 I will give blast off shit for having nose cones for hands cuz <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, the toy. Shit, but, yeah. Like I mean, here in the design obviously, he's got these big you know, it looks like he's got these big ripped Vin Diesel robot arms or whatever, with you know big old massive hands and so on. But in the actual toy, he just kind of you you parted his his nose cone in two, and that was pretty much those were his arms, you know. So and I always thought that was kind of silly. But for weaknesses, it it says that Blastoff has trouble re-entering the Earth's atmosphere. I think it's because you know he's got tiny hands, but. You know that—that's what I would put. For weekend, <laughs> but, you know, but yeah,
2: so its weakness is <laughs> Blastoff has no hands; he just has half of a nose cone. <laughs> yeah, he's
1: hands. got a nose cone. He cannot scratch his his robotic nose. Um, yeah, all right. So I guess unless does anybody have any uh, last things to say about Blastoff, or are we moving on? Moving Go. on. All right. Cool. All right, so then now we're going to Blitzwing, the other uh, original Decepticon, Triple Changer. We were just talking about Astrotrain, who turned into a train and a space shuttle. Now we've got Blitzwing, who is a ground and air commando, and like Brian mentioned, uh, there is no first appearance listed for Blitzwing because we haven't gotten that far in the 80-issue run of transformers for him to have a first appearance yet his quote is destroy first think later i like i like blitzwing style um blitzwing turns into a tank and he turns into a kind of bulky funny looking jet uh (laughs) blitzwing anybody got anything else to say about blitzwing is 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 ever shifting loyalties in the in the five faces of darkness like any any blitzwing stuff
2: and his, I, I've always like his original toy. I thought has always had one of the coolest like transformations. Like I don't know, I've always liked the way his wings kind of like flipped around and then folded out. And I don't know, like I it thought he was like one of the better examples of a triple changer.
0: Yeah, I think actually both Astrotrain and Blitzwing are probably among the best triple changers. Um, I guess I'll leave it at that till we get to the other actual triple triple changer toys. Um, but one interesting thing I just read by coincidence this week too was that um, in the episode with Octane where he kind of like splits off from the, you know, Decepticon army and steals Trypticon, and they go to Carbomia whatever and get all the oil. Like that yeah, it was
1: episode was the Blitzwing originally or?
0: Yeah, because like Octane even mentions that he had like a falling out with uh, Galvatron and Galvatron uh-huh. basically kicked him out of the army. And it's supposed to be Blitzwing from that Five Faces of Darkness stuff. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes sense, sense yeah. but
1: then then they were probably trying to hawk the new toy instead of the toy that was no longer in the stores, I guess. So yeah. somehow magically turned into Octane. I don't know. Octane always seemed more shysterish than Blitzwing, where Blitzwing seemed like he had some kind of, at least in that episode, you know, the Five Faces of Darkness, he seemed like, he had some sort of weird sense of honor about the whole thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So moving on to the next entry, we've got an Autobot, uh, one of the original Generation 1 Autobots that were in the, the Ark when it crashed. Uh, we've got Blue Streak. He's the Autobot gunner, and uh, since he's part of the whole group that crashed in the Ark, his first appearance is Transformers Number 1. And I guess we just have to imagine Casey Kasem saying, I never met a Decepticon I didn't dislike. So, you know, something like that. Um, Blue Streak uh, is pretty much, you know, what, a, a prowl repaint? I don't know. What, yeah. You know, I, I don't know what else there is to say. I Like, Blue Streak seemed like... <laughs> my, my well, well, my big thing is I was always like, you know, I think the line I remember is, you know, in um, the... Uh, you know i can't think of the title or whatever the ultimate doom yeah that's what it is the ultimate doom he's like surfs up and i'm talking up you know like that's basically (laughs) blue streak to me like he's kind of like a a, you know a wacky character with abandon as opposed to prowl you know who's a little more you know straight-laced or what have you
2: I find it weird that like his character model here doesn't have those shoulder cannons like he always uh, like, was okay. slugging around in the cartoon.
0: Yeah. The uh, only thing I can really say about him is I liked both Prowl and Smokescreen much better than Blue Streak.
1: I think, I think at one point my dad had a Toyota um, Chrysler, Cor- Corolla, something like that, but it was a blue car. And then at some point I decided to call it Blue Streak, but it did, obviously it did not turn into a, you know, a blue Porsche or whatever. So
2: people people don't even realize that, like, Blue Streak, like, that's not, like, his name doesn't refer to his color at all because he's not blue at all. It, it's it's supposed to be, like, the fact that he talks a lot, like he talks a Blue Streak. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like Okay. But everyone like I I find it funny like everyone always insists like you know the the legendary like blue blue streak toy or whatever you know <laughs> that you gotta find I think it was just like a Diaclone, clone like uh, original that was blue but okay, okay the real
1: blue streak is like silver
0: yeah yeah <laughs> oh me
1: so then the the on the following page we've got another entry in the bees. It's a Bombshell. He's a member of the Insecticons, which, you know, is a subgroup of the Decepticons. His function is psychological warfare. His first appearance is Transformer 16, and his quote is, The mind is my playpen. Um, I, I remember the Insecticons being, at least, you know, to me, I, I was first introduced to them, I think, in the cartoon, but I always remember them being kind of frightening, I guess, you know. I mean, a little bit, you know, because they... They all kind of, you know, were basically gigantic pests and they all sort of multiplied so much, you know, and it was, uh, you know, bombshell, I guess, you know, especially in the even in the comics and everything, he was always messing with with people's minds you know he had those weird cerebro shells that he would shoot into people's brains and i i, I think the thing that freaked me out the most was i think what w- wasn't this like around or it was probably around the same time as the first transformers gi joe miniseries like doesn't he like stick a cerebro shell in like some gi joe or cobra members like head or something like that
2: uh maybe I just remember like in his first appearance or no, no not his first appearance, um I think it's actually the the aerial bot's first appearance issue where he like he takes control of that human guy and they the at the dam and then oh, like yeah. uh i for, I forgot what how it turns out, but but i I like
1: bombshell, he's probably my favorite insecticon, yeah, it seems like they they always tried to make him a prominently featured character in certain things just cuz he 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 kind of reminds me of like I guess if if anybody you know was only watching I guess stuff like Transformers Prime you know you've got um what's the the guy's name the the kind of freaky scientist guy in Prime turns Like turns into Knockout the, or turns into the red car Yeah Knockout Knockout yeah it's like he, he's kind of like the old school version of Knockout almost you know like Yeah Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, he he always kind of reminded me of like the scarecrow or like some kind of like
1: DC comic villain or something. Okay. So, did you guys own any Insecticon toys? Like, was Bombshell one of them? Or?
0: Um, the only one I didn't have as a kid was Kickback, but uh, the toys were actually decent. Um, I uh, for some reason I don't remember intermingling them with my other Transformer toys. Like, when I played with the Insecticons I had, they kind of just hung out together. But, uh, yeah, they were decent toys.
2: I think I traded once for a bombshell, but then, I, like, I immediately, like, traded back because <laughs> the bombshell the kid had was, like, so loose and, like, like marionette-y. Like, you could hold it by, like, the, the stinger and, like, just flop him around yeah. and stuff.
1: So, so I was like, I don't want this. Uh, yeah. yeah.
0: I always thought, yeah. well, I'll, I'll I'll save it for when we get the shrapnel, so never mind. Yeah.
1: Okay, Um, so I guess uh, we're continuing with the bees, and we've got our first Constructicon up. Uh, Interestingly enough, it does not have his subgroup listed as Constructicon. Um, This is Bone Crusher. Uh, It's got his allegiance listed as Decepticon. His function is Demolitions, and his first appearance is Transformers 10. And then uh, his quote is, Hit it till it stands no taller than the dust. So he's clearly all about wrecking whatever buildings, you know, that are running around Cybertron or Earth, I guess.
0: He's another one where, this was a toy I had early on. It's a great scale for the toy, like, both in his bulldozer mode, he, like, intermingles well with the other Transformers. But, like, I absolutely loved his transformation, like, pulling out his arms and spinning his legs around. And uh, I always thought he looked a lot cooler with, like, like, that shovel rooftop, like keeping that over his head. I always thought he looked oh, cooler yeah. that way. Rather it's than interesting, it like, back. This,
1: this was the first Constructicon I ever owned. And, uh, you talk about the muscle memory of transforming, you know, like, I, mm-hmm. when you're describing that, like, I totally remember, you know, transforming that toy and flipping out the legs and, you know, placing the little shovel over as his, his, like, chest area or what have you. And then, um, you know, as far as, like, The rest of the Constructicons, I remember, was kind of funny because I think think they were all, like, Easter presents or something. So it was like, you know, I had got the one Bone Crusher. And then I think later on, it's like, the Easter Bunny brought you, like, the rest. So you can, you know, (laughs) build Devastator or whatever. So I remember that was kind of cool.
2: Bone, Bone Crusher is yet another character who benefits... From uh getting like Derry rise by because his toy had no face, so now he gets a face like in
1: in this character model I always remember liking his pistol too. I think i I would reuse constructicon pistols even with like secret war characters because I remember liking the design of the pistol so much uh that's that's all I, I mean I don't know about characterization, but that's all they got on Bone
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, the only other thing I'll say about Bonecrusher is, like, I've only owned him as Generation 2, and he never stayed on Devastator. He would always, like, slide off, like, the little, like, tab or whatever. Like, so, Scavenger Scavenger plugged in nice and, like, sturdy, but Bonecrusher would not stay on.
1: <laughs> was, so, was he orange? Was he yellow? What color? Uh, yellow. He was okay. yellow. Okay. Cool. Alright. Um, another... Another, uh, I guess, what do we call him? Gestalt joiner guy. Uh, this is another Decepticon, subgroup Combaticon. This is Brawl. Uh, Brawl is ground assault. He transforms into a tank. His first appearance is Transformers 24. And his quote is, I was built to be wild. So, And it even says Brawl is loud. Uh, that's the first thing it says on his profile. <laughs> so obviously he's he's got a lot of uh, it's got a lot to prove, I guess. Um, you know, a brawl. To me, the the standout moment of Brawl is when Megatron crushes his head and throws him away <laughs> like a piece of trash. Um, that's and that was in Transformers twenty five, the very next issue. So he didn't he didn't exactly last too long. I mean, as far as <laughs> that goes. But um, I don't know. You guys got anything on on Brawl as far as Combaticons go, or any memories of the toys, or anything like that?
0: He had a huge chest as a toy, so his arms couldn't reach past it, and that was always sad.
1: It's kind of like his, almost like the way that, you know, um, blast off. His, his nose cone was his arms. It's almost like Brawl's arms were his tank treads, you know, like they weren't mm-hmm. actually yeah. arms, you know. Yeah. it
2: has got a great name. I've always liked that name, Brawl. Just sounds cool. Yeah.
0: I didn't get, like, on, on this uh, even character model here in robot form, Like, those three guns that are attached to his ribcage on either side? I didn't get what those were supposed to be. I think they drew it in the cartoon, uh, too, but...
2: Yeah, like, I remember... Are they guns? I don't know, but, like, I remember reading somewhere, like, it's, like, all, all the Combaticons, like, character models, like, their chests are all, like, made up and totally different from, like, the toys. Yeah. Like, for some reason. Like, even if you think of Swindle, too, Swindle has, like, a, a windshield on his chest for his character model, which mm-hmm. the toy does
0: not have. Right, so. right. Yeah. Swindle's toy's god-awful, but we can yeah. go over that <laughs> later. Yeah.
1: I remember it being weird, though. Like, I, I always wondered what Brawl needed with that extra piece, you know, that, that double cannon that goes on his back, because I'm like, you're a tank. You've got a <laughs> cannon right there. Like, I don't know what he needs. That's, that's his uh, like, twin sonic cannon. Yeah, but I, I was always kind of like, I, I would understand it. It's like, oh, if you're Groove, if you're just a piece of, you know, your little, you know, police bike, like, yeah, okay, you need some shoulder cannons on the side there. Or if you're, you know, if you're an ambulance, like first aid, I was like, oh, well, <laughs> you're in the middle of war, you need some cannons to attach to your exhaust pipe or whatever. But Brawl, I was always kind of like, what, what do you need more cannons for? Yeah. so moving on another uh generation one uh arc crash victim autobot uh one of my favorite autobots. I think this is the first transformer, no, not the first I ever bought, but like one of the first transformers I ever bought i think I think that honor goes to Huffer, the first transformer, but i think I think braun was like the s- second one I've ever bought um um and of course, I guess braun definitely owes a lot to the whole. Fluoro deary reinterpretation. He doesn't have those tiny little, you know, Ally McBeal, you know, arms that look like they haven't eaten anything in weeks, <laughs> and he actually has a mouth and nose yeah, and eyes he, and stuff. Another like that. member of the Got to Face Club. Yeah, he got a yeah. face. Um, he his function is demolitions, uh, and his quote, uh, I guess, pretty accurately is might over microchips, and uh, you know, Braun to me, was always, like, the the springer of, of the first season. Like, he was always the one cracking all the jokes, you know, he's like, I'll get the door, you know, and bangs it down. Yeah,
2: I'm, I'm disappointed his quote isn't, can I interest you in a magazine subscription? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Bron is, Bron makes me laugh, and I, I, I love the personality the voice actor gave to him in, in that first season, and he was, he was, kind of snarky and funny and sarcastic and sardonic, but he also you know kind of had a sensitive side you know when it came to getting spark plug back for spike and and you know kind of had a good natured you know kind of good heart you know so you, you can't i don't know I don't know how you couldn't like braun, so
2: he's definitely like probably my favorite like mini Autobot at least of those first
1: guys yeah. Yeah, I always thought it was kind of cool that even though he was like a mini Autobot, like as far as his abilities, it's like they say he's one of the strongest. You know, he he can lift up to a hundred. What is it? What does it say 190 there? One hundred ninety thousand pounds. You know, so it's like hey, he's like you know gonna gonna be right up there with with all the big boys.
0: So. Mm-hmm. Uh, characterization was cool, never had the toy as a kid, but that's not a huge disappointment because the toy's kind of, eh. Yeah, but, uh, the, toy,
1: the toy wasn't, like, you know, wonderful, but, yeah. I,
0: I wish he'd been in the episode Only Human because if you take his helmet and transfer that to, like, a head of human hair, like, man, what a beautiful mane he would have had, like, just <laughs> and luscious, flowing, it's huge. Uh, uh, <laughs> funny. It, it, it,
1: there was, the, the deleted scene of Only Human, there's, like, a A guy in green and kind of yellow clothes running around handing out (laughs) magazine subscriptions or whatever. He's like, he's like mushy but true. (laughs) Awesome, awesome. And then, and then this is why this next page is is why you're here, Brian. Like this, this epic. This is
0: why this is the best of all four issues. If you only buy one, buy issue one because I'm in it. Yay!
1: Made it. Can't believe it. We made it! Yes,
2: Breakdown. Your constant whining saw us through.
1: Yeah, (laughs) so Breakdown. Breakdown, who is part of the subgroup, the Stunticons. His function is a scout. His first appearance is Transformers 22. And then his quote is, keep your optical sensor to your damn self. No, he says yourself, but yeah. But yeah, Breakdown, man. So, you know tell us about why breakdowns like your favorite character besides the fact that he turns into a cool ass looking Lamborghini.
0: Well, that's a big part of it actually is because I love the Lamborghini Countach. So like, you know, sideswipe, sunstreaker breakdown. Like I loved all those cars. And again, like I think the the gestalt limbs, um, especially for the scramble city bots, at least like their size in that scale is like the perfect size. You know, I mean the, I'm with my Metroplex, the protective work great with Metroplex. you got Blades landing on the helicopter pad, First Aid zooming down the ramp. So, you know, in the same vein, these guys played well together, and they played awesome on Trypticon. You know, you could run them down the ramp and whatnot. Weirdly enough, too, like, I always thought that the Transformers with painted faces, like, looked cooler than the ones without. So, like, Trax, you know, with his red face and Breakdown had a red face. Like, I always thought that looked really cool. Versus, you know, just everyone else that had, like, gray faces. It kind of set them apart a little bit.
1: It's kind of reminding me of, like, the horrors of, like, trying to attach, like, stickers of people's, like, gold eyes onto their faces. Like, I don't know why I'm having flashbacks of that, but just going like, oh, my God, I'm going to screw this <laughs> oh, up. Oh, yeah,
2: the tiny, tiny optic stickers. Yeah, yeah. Like, like yeah. I
1: don't know why I just had a flashback of that. Probably because you are talking about people's faces and stuff and I don't know, I was just getting, like, horrible, horrible flashes. Um,
2: I think it's probably just because of the Marvel coloring process at this time, but didn't, like, wasn't there a lot more blue in breakdowns, like Toy?
0: Yeah, instead of purple, he was he had, like, a dark navy blue. Yeah, so, it's probably because
2: okay. of Marvel's, like, limited color palette like, yeah. that he
1: looks like that. And but, he wasn't
0: actually white, he's more, like, cream colored.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think I remember that as well, yeah. So any last words on Breakdown before we move on?
0: He's an awesome toy. He has arms that reach beyond his chest. Uh he has a cool <laughs> double cannon. Do
1: you want to do you want to talk about like updated toys? Like don't don't you have like one of those cool fan projects one of Breakdown?
0: Yeah, I mean that is the most recent iteration of the character, I suppose, but yeah, I mean it's a really great update. Um, Robot Mode in particular looks, like, awesome, and thankfully Breakdown is one that at least I feel like his car mode does justice to the original car mode, too. Um, some of the other fan project, uh, choices for the Stunicons, like the car modes, are kind of like, uh, okay. But I think Breakdown, they did a really good job in both that his bot mode's awesome, his car mode's awesome, and as soon as they frickin' release, uh, Motormaster I'll hopefully have an awesome-looking Minisaur. so... Yeah, cool. definitely a cool robot and I think it's like sixty bucks or something. Maybe I'm off on the pricing, but I think it's close to that. So for a third party toy that's not not like too expensive, so if you have the cash you you should look into it. It's a nice toy.
1: Were were there other versions of Breakdown that were not like fan projects type ones that were released by like Hasbro or anything?
0: Well, I think isn't there one that's like a club exclusive right now, Mike? Like the, yeah,
2: the the repaint of, like, the G2 one from, like, a couple sets ago from BotCon. Um,
0: yeah, I like, got this.
2: It, it's actually got, like, a remolded head and stuff.
0: Yeah, I and I don't like the head because, like, to me, you know, they tried to emulate the original toy head, so they made it, like, really huge and, like, blocky. It's like a giant cube sitting on Breakdown's body. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I got the G2 set from the, the BotCon, and I like the coloring, you know, it's... The unreleased G2 Stunicom colors, because they never got released, but they did get prototyped. But the head throws me off, so I guess there has been updates. Um, there's another breakdown, I think that's like a smaller scale, Legends, but I don't remember what line it was released under. But his bot mode really sucks, so we don't have to talk about it. But. Did you
2: did you ever get the uh, animated breakdown? No, I didn't. I think he's just a repaint of like the animated Rodimus yeah. toy, a uh, new
1: okay. head. What's your what's your take on um on Adam Baldwin breakdown from Transformers Prime?
0: I haven't watched Prime
1: so, Mike. But have you seen like any of the the toys from He's not
2: him? it's not really even the same character, I'd say. It's just like he's a big brute like muscle guy like it seems like in that show. So like I like I guess I I'd, I'd just call him like a
1: A different guy with the same name. Oh, okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. I'm not even sure if I've seen the toy from Prime. I just I
1: just figured maybe he might have seen the the, if there was a toy for it or something. He might have It turns into
2: like a yeah like a
1: armored truck or something. Okay. So moving on to the next letter B, we've got another triple changer, not one of the original triple changers, because he is an Autobot triple changer. He is the air and sea assault triple changer. This is Broadside, and his quote is: "I like the sea for away, and my feet on the ground." It's funny they used the
2: the, the character model here is Broadside's like prototype design, like his actual toy looks like very different.
1: Yeah, like like his well, it's interesting because like in the in the cartoon he he looked kind of like a dude, but like he was, like,
0: huge.
1: Like, because I guess, you know, they were trying to suggest, like, oh, he turned into this aircraft carrier, so he was, like, actually the size of the aircraft carrier. So, like, Broadside would fight with guys like Predaking and Devastata and Omega Supreme and guys like that. And then the toy, I don't know how to describe it. Like, the way he looks here, he's a guy who has a face. You know, he's got kind of, like, different colors, like, lots of reds and blues and everything, but the the actual toy, and I don't remember, was he animated like this at all? Like, because I, I just remember um, the toy so, was,
2: some episodes he looked like this, and some episodes he looked like the toy. The
1: toy. Because the toy, like, did not have a face. Like, he kind of had that mouth flap and and he was kind of quote-unquote bald, you know? Like, he didn't have <laughs> any kind of, like, headgear, yeah. you know? He was just kind of like, he had kind of like a, a round head, and he was all gray, like, pretty much, right? I mean, if I'm yeah. remembering correctly. Yeah you know so like this is you know very different looking from from you know it's almost like a different character completely oh he he
2: he rather consistently appeared like this in the UK Marvel comics oh so. okay like they I, they never sw- swapped out to the like finalized like design for him or whatever but
1: yeah and of course by this point he had not appeared in the the US Marvel comics at all so he does not have a first appearance entry so there's not too much to go on other than you know what, kind of what's described here in his profile and you know his weaknesses and abilities and so on
2: broadside is a terrible toy who you'd only give to a child to punish them wow that's that's my
1: thoughts on it at least don't don't sugarcoat it tell us how you really feel about broadside
2: I was gonna say he's got a cool looking like uh, third party toy, but oh uh, okay, we're gonna
1: spend like a hundred bucks for him.
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't get that one either.
1: All right, so moving on from broadside, now we've got our first uh, Gestalt Scramble City Combiner in his full mode because uh, we're in the bees. We've got <laughs> <Chubby> Bruticus. <laughs> so yeah, um, Bruticus is you know, and and here of course the subgroup Combaticon is listed. Uh, his function as a warrior, his first appearance is transformers twenty four and bruticus 's quote is, "The road to conquest is paved with autobot Rex, and of course, you get to make a great deal of Autobot Rex if you played Fall of Cybertron, so everyone go out and play that video game as Bruticus and continue to make tons of Autobot Rex um, I, I love Bruticus; he was one of my favorite combiners um, I I enjoyed the Combaticons. Um, I, I, I don't know what to say about it other than that.
0: Um, I really love the toys, and Bruticus is really imposing and merged um, in the toy. But I always thought his animation model and like how he looks here was really stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't like it. <laughs>
2: It didn't live up to the toy, yeah. yeah. Damn
1: florodiri you're no good. No I mean good.
2: look at look at Swindle. He's just like a like nondescript block of yellow with like <laughs> exactly.
1: drawings of wheels. Yep. On him. No, he's he's actually that's not Swindle, that's the yellow lion from from Voltron. <laughs> Only instead of a lion head, it's just a big foot. <laughs>
2: I like Bruticus. Yeah, he's I like... Probably I like my favorite. He's, he's probably my favorite combiner, or, yeah. like, the team and the, the gestalt itself, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I loved it when they did that episode, and, like, every time... Well, he merged, and, like, every limb, he was always like... As he merged. But they only did that once. But, I mean, it, I don't know. It was kind of distinct, and it, it was cool for him.
2: Combaticons Merge into
0: Bruticus! <laughs> Bruticus Bruticus Devastate
1: Devastator It's like, no, Starscream Not Bruticus Your leader But yeah, no, I, I like, like some...
0: Bruticus, Devastate, Devastator
1: <laughs> Bruticus
2: Devastate, devastator. <laughs> He's like he has to, he
1: has to like force it out. Bruticus. almost cool, cool. So Bruticus is awesome. Uh, Bruticus spends his days and nights beating the shit out of Defensor, and Defensor <laughs> cries about humans or some shit.
0: humans. Uh,
1: <laughs> so yeah. All right. So, uh, but I guess we'll we'll move on away from Bruticus, the awesome combiner. Uh, but yeah, if you want some more Bruticus. Um, I, you know, go out and and definitely play Fall of Cybertron if you dig Bruticus. You can
2: actually buy a toy of Bruticus, and it's not that great, but, like, if you go to the stores right now, he's probably,
1: his parts are probably there. Awesome, awesome, cool. All right, so now I guess we're we're getting into probably one of the most famous, I'd say arguably, Transformers there ever is or will be. Um, We got uh, Bumblebee. Um, Bumblebee, his function is espionage. His first appearance is Transformers number one. His quote is, the least likely can be the most dangerous. So we got Bumblebee. He turns into a, a Volkswagen bug. He's, you know, a little yellow bug. Hence his name, which does relate to his color, I guess, as opposed to Blue Streak. Um, he he definitely benefits from the Floro Deary redesign. He does not have a bunch of wheels all over the place, and he has a face. He he's part of the got a face crew, and then of course uh, Dan Gilvezan voiced Bumblebee. So uh, of course I remember him as Spider Man on Spider Man and his amazing friends. So I suppose Bumblebee was like my best friend already, you know, <laughs> even before the cartoon started because I already sort of. You know, knew uh, he was uh, a friendly neighborhood voice before then. So, um, but yeah, I don't Bumble know.
2: Bumblebee and Blades need to team up. Bumblebee and Blades. Yes,
1: because nice. Blades is Ice Man. Yes, so so Blades can like like form a big block of rotor <laughs> blades or something. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's how we tranch. That's how he transforms he like a bunch of rotor blades. Played, like,
1: form a big block around him, and then he busts out of it into a helicopter. Awesome.
2: I mean, I don't, I'm, like, I don't have a whole lot to say about Bumblebee. I mean, he's he's one of those characters that is just, like, so much of a fixture of Transformers that, like, like he's just there for me, basically. Like, I don't hate him, and I don't, like, like him over much, but...
0: The best thing I can say about him is as... Basically being used as a human liaison in the you know first series, and like having probably you know some of the most lines of any Transformer. Like it's surprising that it, he's not a, more annoying than he was. So I don't know if that's a credit to Dan and his voice <laughs> I, work. Uh, yeah, I
1: think I think that's a that's a nice backhanded compliment. You know, <laughs> like, it's like one of those you know. Well, I mean, you say he could have you know, I mean, he, he could have easily turned out to be like the Wheelie of the first season, right? But exactly. He wasn't. You know, right. so, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's a good compliment, I think. I mean, obviously, Dan's, that's a
2: good way, yeah, Dan's to put very it.
1: talented, you know, so it's like that, that maybe is a credit to him as well, you know, that he's a likable guy and has a, a fun, friendly voice and all that kind of stuff. Um Yeah, I mean, you know, that's, I guess that's Bumblebee. I mean, man, and then, and then they sort of tried to make him this sideswipe hot rod character in all these movies and and kind of subsequent shows, which I don't know how well that works. But, um, you know, and then, of course, there's the beeps and boops and all that kind of craft. But, yeah, I like (laughs) like old school, you know, Bumblebee. I enjoy the character. I mean, I I remember going out of my way to make sure, you know, like my my thinking with collecting toys was not always, you know, get a complete set of whatever, but it was – you know, Bumblebee's a main character. You know what I mean? So it was like, you, you have to have Bumblebee. Like, he talks and shit, you know, so. You know, he does but,
2: have one of the best classics toys.
0: I agree. It's cool. Cool.
1: All right. Cool. Bumblebee. Uh, moving on to the next entry, we've got an image of Buzzsaw. Buzzsaw, the long-talked-about tape recorder Decepticon, I don't know. Like I don't, yeah, I don't know. Buzzsaw is like the other laser beak. Like I don't, I don't know. You know, I don't. I I don't know. Anyway, his first appearance is is Transformers One, and his quote is "My bite is worse than my bark."
0: Condor barks are vicious, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Take that quote seriously.
2: I freaking love Buzzsaw. Okay. And I don't know why. Like maybe it's because he didn't show up a whole lot. But like I'm like you know I felt like you know if if Soundwave's releasing Buzzsaw, you know the shit's serious. Like you know he keeps Buzzsaw in reserve. You know
1: <laughs> Buzzsaw. The-
2: I mean, there's even like there's 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 this like kind of meme on like the TF Wiki that like whenever Buzzsaw comes out like shit gets real like because there's all these like pictures of Buzzsaw like shooting Omega Supreme in the face and like <laughs> knocking like Fort Max over and stuff like that and they're like you know Buzzsaw's is gonna murder your fucking face off.
1: You <laughs> know? Oh, I thought I thought Destro and Batman and Wolverine are was bad. Now now we got no,
2: Buzzsaw. Buzz, you, Buzz, you gotta worry about Buzzsaw.
1: Warrior, Buzzsaw
0: yeah. Nice.
2: Yeah, I, I love Buzzsaw. Like, I like uh, just even like his, his his characterization and how he how like none none of this really ever comes out because usually people just make him like a chirpy chirp bird or whatever. But like, I like his profile and all that.
0: He's a gold laser beak. I think that's all I can say.
1: Yeah, that's just <laughs> kind of what I feel about him. He's the dude that came I, with Soundwave. Like, that's yeah. I also recall, like, there's there's a scene in
2: the Marvel comic where, like, he's perched on Shockwave's, like, shoulder, and, like, I guess, like, Rumble or Frenzy's having, like, a tantrum or something, and Buzzsaw just kind of, like, flies off his shoulder and, like, rips, like, Rumble's hand off or something, and so, like, that always kind of stuck with me, and I was always kind of like, well, if Laserbeak is, like, Megatron's bird, then Buzzsaw must be Shockwave's bird so, and, like, I liked Shockwave, so...
1: And that's how Shockwave really lost his hand. Oh, my God!
2: <laughs> Buzzsaw <on>, ate it <laughs> off, yep.
1: <laughs> okay. All right, moving on. Cliffjumper, yeah, he's an Autobot. We also got a picture Casey Kasem's voice in our head again. Uh, he is a warrior. His first appearance is Transformers, number one. Uh, strike first, strike fast, strike hard, is his quote. Um... Cliff jumper, uh, ironically, because he probably used it 40 billion times on the cartoon. I remember he had his glass gas gun. Um, I think that's in his abilities,, isn't it? Yep. yeah. He can fire projectiles Build filled with what, what he calls, calls glass gas.: yeah. yeah, so cool. All right. Do we want to talk about the infamy that is like red bumblebee and yellow cliff jumper or whatever, <laughs> or like, does that even matter? Like is that something that that was sought after for any of you guys, or do you even care about that kind of crazy stuff?
0: No, I mean it's it it confuses me. Like bumper and you know the red bumblebees and red yeah, yeah.
2: Or bumble like, jumper yeah, they so. used to yeah call them yeah.
0: And I have a couple different ones, but I I couldn't tell which if it was bumper or yeah. What is one there like was. a difference
1: between like like a yellow cliff jumper and hubcap? Yeah,
2: hubcap has his own head.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting. All right, so let's see. So Cliffjumper, um, I you know I think Cliffjumper's cool. I like Casey Kaysen. Like I don't, I don't have much to say about him other than that. I mean, he he was in Fall of Cybertron. I was kind of pissed off that I had to be like Solid Fucking Snake with Cliffjumper in that <laughs> in that little level. But yeah. yeah,
2: it was good that they got like Nolan North to voice him. I felt that was like really kind of fitting, but. I don't know, I I guess I never really liked Cliff Jumper in the cartoon. I thought he was always like in an unpleasant little like whereas like Braun, well like I'd be like, Yeah, like I'd be all gun ho with Braun, like Cliff Jumper I'd just be like, Oh shut the fuck yeah. up, Cliff Jumper. No.
0: Pompous dick.
1: Yeah, exactly. Wow. He's <laughs> like, Do you have to bazooka uh Megatron? Yeah. He's a terrible shot too. Yeah. It's like He's Megatron
2: was like stationary and he couldn't even hit him. <laughs> I shouldn't have fired on Megatron.
0: <laughs> you shouldn't have missed, you mean. <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right!
2: <laughs> Whereas Brawn, like, ripped Megatron's fusion cannon off his arm and then shot Megatron in, like, the face with it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah awesome. All right. Uh, so then we're, we're now uh, fast and furiously moving on to the seas since we're talking about Cliffjumper. Um, and then we're, we're moving on to Cosmos, uh, who had this weird kind of funny ass accent that I can only describe as an Irish Mexican weird thing. <laughs> In space. I just call him Sancho Panza. It's like if Liam Neeson lived in Mexico for like 20 <laughs> years or something. But, um, you know, anyway, uh, he's allegiance is an Autobot. His function is reconnaissance and communications. His first appearance is Transformers 16. Uh, his quote is reach for the stars, but never leave your friends. Or as you'd hear on the cartoon, reach for the stars, but never leave your friends, <laughs> whatever, you know, something like that. Um, and, uh, You know, Cosmos did have that wacky, fun, size-changing thing where, like, I remember specifically, like, Blaster was inside Cosmos, and I remember having this mini-autobot and going, yeah, he's a cool little mini-autobot that turns into a space shuttle, and then looking at my gigantic Blaster toy compared to Cosmos and wondering, how the fuck? Does blaster fit in there? You know, like <laughs> like kind of how can my, I do this? Yeah, I was like, why can't I? Okay, whoa, you know, yeah, definitely, but um, you know, I, I I like outer space, so you know, Cosmos has that in his in his benefit. At least he got to have kind of some space adventures and stuff and, and float around like the the rim of the earth, you know, as it were, on some
0: episodes. I think I disliked him and I didn't like his voice and. That's all I have to say. Pretty much,
1: He <laughs> did, did have a pretty terrible voice.
2: I don't. Yeah, I don't. He Cosmos is one of those guys who like looks so dumb that like I'm happy <laughs> when he gets killed and stuff. Like, <laughs> just like, yeah, you suck, so you
1: should die. Yeah. Okay. All right. So so uh, we got two votes for Cosmos as a big fat Mort who so needs to get <laughs> punked like uh, like the '90s fate in Justice Society. So moving on. Um, uh, we're now in the D's. Uh, this will be probably maybe another one that breakdown will uh, elaborate on. Um, we've got Dead End, you know, who who is like you know the uh, frickin' goth, you know, moody Decepticon or whatever. Um, he his subgroup of course is the Stunticon. His function is a warrior. His first appearance is Transformers twenty two, and his quote is "We are all just food for rust." So he's he's all. You know, super emo and depressive before that became a term, I guess. Um, You know, Dead End's definitely the guy when they're all stuck on Char that's like, we should just sit here and not eat Energon and just fucking die. You know, it seemed like. He definitely had that standard characterization, at least in the the episodes. I don't know about if any of that was carried over into any comics or anything like that. He seemed more suicidal in the comics, you think, or...
2: I don't think he's had a lot of characterization overall. Like, yeah, like the only thing I can think of is when the Quintazons like come to char and he's like the one that goes up and he's just like, please make my death painless. Yeah, <laughs> just
1: just put me out of my misery. Yeah,
0: I think in um season two he was probably the uh, stunicon that got the most dialogue outside of Motormaster, but I think in all of his dialogue was like basically stating the obvious like calmly. Like, they, you know, when they're trying to decide whether to help out uh, Starscream or Megatron, you know, and, you know, they're like, you know, what, what about when he's done with Devastator? You know, he's pointing out the obvious fact that they need the help, basically.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah, he's like, he's like true, Starscream doesn't know when to quit, you know? And yeah. I, I like Dead End. I mean, I, I like the, dip- the depressing guys, I guess. Like, I think him in, like, Dreadwind and, like, you know uh snarl and all those guys who are big mopes are funny so <laughs> if we surrender our energon we're doomed. And if we don't we're doomed too. Face it, we're doomed. I don't know, but uh, also I, the only thing I'd like to say about Dead End is I like his his Floro Derry designed head, but no toys ever get it. Like all the toys, like get like the toy designed head with a face. Like mm-hmm. I like the visor and the
1: mouth plate
2: instead. Yeah. Weird. Now he,
1: he's 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 part of a, a reverse group. He's part of the Bizarro got their face taken away group. I guess. Yeah. So that's that's kind of interesting.
2: Not a good name, too, like
1: yeah. dead
2: end, I' don't know, just it's just it 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 rolls off the to tongue, yep
1: so then now we're going on to another d uh this is the i think the second full combiner we've seen so far, this issue, and uh we were just talking about bruticus's arch nemesis uh this is the autobot defensor uh <laughs> protect the bots. Yeah, I know. It's like, all I can think of as <laughs> is like, no more harm! No more harm has come to the humans! As he's getting, like, fucked up in the back and everything. So, yeah. Like, he's, he's uh, you know, basically like, you know, yeah, he's, he, it, it, I, I remember his profile specifically because because it was always you know, kind of talking about how basically his whole deal is, you know, he's like so desperate to protect humans. I think that's even like his weakness. Right. Like, doesn't it say like like something about, you know, I don't know, maybe it doesn't say anything in there in the weaknesses, but you would think like, oh, if all he's concentrating on or you know protecting humans that would like trip them up in battle or whatever
2: so i, I like defensor but i guess uh, i guess it's just cuz i like the protectobot so by extension like i like defensor but yeah. you know
0: I think,
1: I think i mean i think mm. go ahead <laughs> i was just going to say i i think groove was probably like my first protectobot and then eventually like i started you know slowly assembling them you know to to form uh, defensor but yeah, I I just I mean as far as his characterization goes, like he he definitely seemed like, you know, you know first aid and you know this whole lifeline kind of thing and GI Joe, you know, it was very much like, you know, don't step on it, you know, like mm-hmm. that kind of
2: I just remember in his like debut episode like he just stands there and creates a force field and like Megatron and everyone just shoot at it until like the force field goes down and then he gets shot and falls over.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It it just, it kind of reminds me of like, you know, Wonder Man being a pacifist in uncanny Avengers. It's like eventually, you know, something's got to give, you know, either the force field fails and he gets punked like a bitch or, or he's actually got to like punch people back, you know? So one or the other,
0: but yeah.
2: Thor Derry's not good at drawing combiners. Like, this is the second one we've encountered, and he looks like crap in this picture. I, st- I
0: still think he beats Bruticus, and, like, the toy form especially. Like, he's one of the cooler-looking gestalts, in my opinion. Um, like, if you think of, like, Superion as the spindly-legged, top-heavy SOB, like, Defensor is like, sturdy and rock-solid. He looks, yeah. like, really muscular and tough.
2: I'm kind of, yeah, I'm kind of sad I never, like, owned any of the protective bots. Like, I, he always looked... He was one of those dudes where I'd see an old catalog and stuff, and I was like, man, I wish I had that. Yeah, like, Defensor, cool. like, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, they they had some cool, you know, I guess, protective vehicle modes, you know, all these kind of emergency vehicles and, you know, fire trucks and, police motorcycles and cars and ambulances and things like so. I mean I, I could appreciate those, you know, I think. But I guess we're I mean, it sounds like we're kind of wrapping up Defensor, but we're also moving on to another D combiner who does have the subgroup listed as Constructicon, uh whose first appearance is listed which I don't understand, uh as Transformers 16. I think that's, that's a typo. Yeah, that's wrong. It, he, he, he first appeared in 10 with the rest of the Constructicons. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, that's okay. I think what I used to do when I was a kid and I saw stuff like this, like my old copies of Transformers Universe, I would take a pencil and I'd actually cross out the six and put like a zero in pencil like, <laughs> nice fix it, you know, and stuff. And then I think the other thing I used to do, I was telling Mike, was if I owned the toys, I would put a little pencil checkmark on the page like i got this guy like you know so like for devastate i would check mark him or whatever um and devastator's quote is thinking and winning do not mix so yeah i guess you gotta be a brainless moron to win is what devastate is trying to say Awesome and terrifying.
0: <laughs> Devastator um, was B A as long as no other Gestalt was in the vicinity.
1: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he be, he became a
2: chump the moment like another Gestalt <laughs> yeah. showed up. Yeah. I always remember like, like when, when, when Brut- he got like butt raped by Bruticus.
1: Got got to get butt raped by the newer toy, I guess. Um no I like I said I shared the little story about how the Easter Bunny brought me Devastator pretty much so I mean I have fond memories uh I I remember it was mind blowing I think at the time like the the idea that you know you're like wait you mean you know all these guys can form one huge robot that everybody like pisses their pants over like I thought that was a really cool idea I think Devastator was one of the first times I had experienced it I mean I I guess I'm—I I'm don't know if you know, Go Lion or Voltron or whatever predates Devastata, but I think as far as my my personal experience, like I think Devastata was the first time I was exposed to the idea of a combining robot, and I thought that was pretty damn impressive.
0: Mm-hmm. Another good thing, I suppose, about the Constructicons in general, all being construction toys, they um, you know are pretty much in scale with one another, so that's not really a big issue. Yeah.
2: I like I like like I like taking in like these the simplified like uh, elements of the like character model. Like look at Scrapper, like the the right leg. Mm-hmm. Like it's not even Scrapper, it's just like a leg with a shovel as a
0: foot. Yeah. I always like oh, him better with the visor too. They animated him yeah. both ways, but he looked cool with the visor.
1: Yeah. What I always thought was interesting was this is the one combiner that doesn't have a a leader piece, I guess, for lack of a better word that you know like that you know you may say like oh well on the cartoon like scrapper was clearly the leader or whatever but like most times the subsequent combiners like whoever formed the head and the center piece was usually the leader you know motor master uh, hot spot in the case of defensor those kind of ideas but you know here it was it was long haul and hook that actually sort of formed the the main center piece i guess so it was actually two Different transformers, and that
2: I I, I, I remember that design you, was carried
1: over to very many. Other. I,
2: I remember, yeah, I used to get into arguments with like a friend from school who was like, like you know, Hook has to be the leader; he's the head, you know. So, and I'd be like, but Scrapper's the leader in the cartoon, and you know. But,
1: yeah, I, I I mean, I would have been on your side. I don't know about anybody else who's listening. You can always send us emails at fanholespodcast at gmail dot com if you think we're mistaken and Hook is the. Leader because he's the head or whatever, but... Uh, well, I
2: like, um... I think it was the Dreamwave profile books. They sort of, like, reconciled that, where they wrote... It was sort of, like, Scrapper and Hook, are like, the two, like, they share leadership of the Constructicons or something. But... Okay. But that that's... I guess that's your, like, John Byrne, clever, clever explanation it's like for that. Like, Scrapper
1: and Hook robbed Uncle Ben and have a treasure chest upstairs in... Aunt Maze like headache, and then the IBM Apple computer broke on the way home from.
2: No, know what it is, Derek. Cybertron, know. and know what it is, Derek. They both their heads both have that like flat piece, so they had their secret cousin.
1: <laughs> and the, and then and then there was a pocket universe. Where the pocket scrapper was no anyway sorry I'm trying to John Byrne explain everything um, but yeah so devastator uh, I, I thought he was a cool combiner I, I, I thought it was terribly difficult like you're describing to keep him in one piece you know when he's yeah. merged I mean bone crusher was always the culprit with me he uh, would okay. not
2: stay on I, I just yeah. I, I
1: can't remember any particulars but I you know I remember certain parts especially that that chest plate I thought would fall off pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Know, his little uh, sort of, I don't know what that is. Like I always used to think that was like Buzzsaw, or at least some badass. I used to pretend that was like some kind of bird or badass thing that could yeah. come off his chest and I don't know, fillet Autobots that I didn't like. Like in your case, if you guys didn't like Cosmos, like his little chest piece <laughs> would fly off and basically tear Cosmos a new asshole and sort of murder him or what have you. Um but yeah I mean I, you know I I I think like I said Bone Crusher was my first and then and then the, the 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 other five showed up from the Easter Bunny so it was pretty cool. Um eventually Hook my Hook his his legs would break. Um so it was like when I formed Devastator there was a big chunk out of his chest that was missing because one of his legs had broken off, um, so he was Aww. devastated. It was clearly, you know, suffering battle damage. I guess after Menosor or somebody owned his ass or something like that. But yeah, any any other further thoughts about I don't know, Devastator toys that I would not know about or anything, or or any other characterization comments or what have you.
2: Brian, do you have any of the third party like Constructicons? No, I didn't end up buying them. I know there's like two sets of them or whatever. I mean, yeah. I don't know what the di- like. I know they're both different, but like, I don't know if one's better than the other or whatnot.
0: Uh, aesthetically, I kind of like the Mastermind Creation one better, but I think these when they came out were really expensive. Like, I want to say like 120 or 130 bucks like a piece. Wow. And like, I just wasn't that into Devastator. To... Feels like you
1: know spending like a grand just to make Devastator or
0: something.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I get ya. Like I can understand like with with the Motor Master and like the Stunticons, like you like them. Yeah,
0: the the funny thing is, is with that um like fans project kind. Of, I don't know if I'd say screwed people, but like like I said the limbs are all 60 bucks. And so, you know, most people buy in and buy it at the four limbs or whatever because they're StunningCon fans. And then when they, it came time, time to uh, announce pricing for Motormaster, it's like, and Motormaster's 120 bucks. And it's like, oh, okay, oh, well, I, I'm pretty much screwed because I have to buy it now if I want all of them, so.
1: Well, I mean, it's not like Motor Master is the same size as those
0: Yeah, he is cars, a little bit right? bigger, so. He's got to
1: be a little bigger, so I, I don't know. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be too hard on them, I guess, but... Uh... So, I guess uh, moving on to, through the rest of the D's, uh, we've got another Decepticon warrior. He's one of the Seekers. His name is Dirge. Um, he is the first of the, I guess, flip the nose cone up on your toy Seeker Decepticons. Um, his first appearance is Transformers 16. So, he was one of Strax's goons, I think, in the comics originally. And he just kind of magically showed up in season two as far as that goes. Yeah. Um, and then his quote is, fear is the element that unites all losers. So, yeah. So don't be a loser. Uh, don't have any <laughs> fear. Uh, you know, listen to Yoda and Dirge, because they're both essentially <laughs> saying the same thing, I think. Uh, I've,
2: I've always liked Dirge. Like, he's another of those, like, depressive, like, morose guys that I, I just find kind of, like, amusing, I guess. Like,
0: <laughs> Yeah, uh, even the word dirge is cool, like the meaning yeah, of that. Yeah, it's,
2: it's a cool name. Like, Death comes to he who crosses me. Like, I remember, like, Simon Furman was like, you know, I gotta use dirge one day. Like, that's an awesome name or something.
0: I don't have a whole lot personally to say about dirge, but I will share a funny anecdote from um, those Floro Deary interviews I was reading this week. Uh, basically, someone, I think they were done... Um, basically in a format where they came up with a list of questions compiled them and emailed them and then he responded by type and sent them back because otherwise i mean i'm sure they would have corrected him and like said you're totally clueless but anyways the question was basically um you know we had the three seekers from the first season like starscream thundercracker and skywarp who had the nose cones down but then with the second season you made all the cone heads like dirge and ramjet was this done consciously by you and like Floro's answer was like well dirge turns into a jet and the nose cone actually becomes his head so that's why he's a cone head it's like (laughs) okay i mean like they all share the same transformation but i mean he's like totally oblivious to what they're actually asking it's pretty funny
2: it is weird, yeah. It's like uh, it, clearly he did it since it's like the character model and like the toy doesn't like have it like permanently fixed like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, maybe he just wanted to make them more distinct or something.
0: Yeah. I think it looks good and it definitely, you know, no. um, separates those three from the the first three that they had. So. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. So next up, we've got our first Predacon subgroup. We've got Dive Bomb. Uh, who is a Decepticon, and his function is aerial assault. His first appearance is Transformers 25, and his quote is, Conquer the skies, and all below you will fall. Now, all I can think of now is that UK story that established that, like, Swoop's name was Dive Bomb at some point or something. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and Dive Bomb stole it. Also
2: weird that this profile doesn't have an alt-mode picture. Interesting. Yeah, that, that is odd.
1: Must be an error of some kind. Yeah. But.
2: Maybe maybe but. On the letters
1: page. It'll say, "Sorry, we forgot to tell you that not only is Rocky Balboa not a member of GI Joe, but Dive Bomb <laughs> turns into like a eagle with bombs or something." <laughs> so, yeah.
2: I I guess it's uh, it was like I I remember I have like those like UK classics collections of the comics and. Like Furman was like explaining how it was kind of serendipitous that um like Swoop's original like toy name was going to be Dive Bomb, like in the Bible and stuff, but they like I guess they crossed that out and put Swoop instead. So like when they actually made another toy named Dive Bomb, Furman was like, Oh, I can do a story about this then.
1: Cool. Huh. Yeah. I mean that's the to me the most memorable thing about Dive Bomb was that he stole Swoop's name.
2: And he looks like a
1: dork on his head. He looks like he, he would be like a goon of like a penguin or something, like one of those guys that wear like eagle heads, you know, and they're like, yeah, boss, like, let's go beat up Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay, so he's a Predacon. Um I did have the toy for this. I, I remember the bombs were like ginormous. Like they look kind of tiny here, but they were actually like, I think I think they were, like, the same size as, like, the the kind of bombs on, like, Ramjet or somebody, I think. I could be wrong, though. But anyway, or maybe I'm just making that up, and he had, like, guns or something and not bombs.
0: I, I think they are guns, but they're pretty substantial.
1: Okay, moving on. Uh, another Stunticon. Uh, this is a Stunticon I don't have too much to say about, but this is Dragstrip. He is a Stunticon warrior. His first appearance was Transformers 22, and his quote is, the first one to cross the finish line lives.
0: Yeah, I don't know if he had a line, maybe besides saying his name in the cartoon. Like, I don't remember anything he said, but cool toy. Um, I remember playing it on my grandma's couch a lot for some reason. He was doing lots of wild rides up and down the cushions, but uh, other than that, I don't have a whole lot to say, I guess.
2: Yeah, like, I, I I don't know. He's never really distinguished himself, I guess. Like,
1: when we decided to do this, I, I figured we'd run into characters like this where we wouldn't have a whole hell of a lot to say about them. But I'm sure, like, with, you know, in the case of Breakdown, you know, I knew we would spend a lot of time on them, so that's fine. I mean, not every every Transformer is equal, I guess, in the eyes of the fandom, so it's not a big deal.
0: Uh, One thing, like, personal note, um, I don't know where I originally read it, but I know he's supposed to be like a Tyrell Formula One racer, and I always thought that was kind of cool, because my middle name's Tyrell, but I think the race car, he's spelled two R's or something. But that's why he has the uh, two sets of tiny wheels up front, is because some of those actually had that. So, he's kind of a oh, unique okay. Formula One car. Okay. Unlike Mirage, who only had one wheel. Interesting.
1: So, I guess now we're all the way to the E's. Um, we are now on one of I guess, blasters, tapes, um, this is Eject, he's an Autobot, um, he is electrical, or electronic surveillance is his function, and his quote is, clutch hitting is the key to an effective offense. Sometimes I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, I don't know. But anyway,
2: oh, EJ, if you read his profile, Eject's like a sports fan. So uh, like all his like dialogue is always supposed to be about
1: like sports and stuff. But
2: huh. he didn't. I don't think he ever talked in the cartoons. So. Yeah, I feel yeah. like
1: I feel like now, especially with uh, Rewind being such a prominent character and more than meets the eye, I'm kind of like Eject almost went to buzzsaw status for me where I'm like, who's that? Yeah. Like, he's
2: even lower than Buzzsaw status. He, he's,
1: like, he's frenzy. I don't know.
2: I don't know. No, no, frenzy's got more lines than him. <laughs> no, the, the only thing I can remember like prominence like, uh,
1: that his face overt. Overkill, what? What are those extra? Types? Oh, the T Rex. Yes. Like yeah, overkill. <laughs> it's like he's one of those guys almost.
2: Yeah. Well, I, the only prominent thing I can remember about Eject is he was in. He was one of the main characters in one of those uh, Devils Do GI Joe and Transformer uh, crossovers. Okay. And like he had, he had like. Buzz saw fan aura status in that because like he he was like like it was like him Prowl sideswipe and like some other guys and like they all got owned but eject was like the only one who escaped and like he eventually ends up like disabling like all these Cobra like mech suits or whatever on his own and stuff so like he had he had the Batman fan aura in that like
1: crossover I guess he had Batman fan aura because he beat up a bunch of fleshlings with. Snake sigils on their equipment?
2: I guess so, that beat up, like, (laughs) Prowl and Sideswipe, so, yeah.
1: Awesome,
2: awesome. They were like the White Martians or something. I guess guess when you get
1: into uh, electronic surveillance, it makes you badass, apparently. (laughs) That's what it is. You know, Eject was was busy, you know, using his play-by-play announcing skills to totally take out, you know... Cobra.
2: No no know what I always yeah, know what I always wondered about eject and rewind though? Where was their other brother fast forward?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I will say that um I think I got the Autobot tapes before the Decepticon ones. And the the tapes aren't like awesome robots, especially their arms are a little goofy. Cause, yeah, like I,
1: they they have like kind of like scrunchy, scrunched arms or whatever. If yeah, I like
0: half the whole of the tape comes out as like part of their forearm which looks really stupid, but when I got, when I did finally get the Decepticon tapes, I'm like, oh, these robot modes are way worse, so the auto ones will, Autobot ones aren't that bad.
2: <laughs> I like, look at the last line of his weaknesses, like, like
1: kind of, di- speaking of, like, dating this. <laughs> at times, his eternal tape snaps if he's recording something that gets him particularly worked up and tense, such as Nolan Ryan going for another no-hitter. <laughs> You know what? I, I'm, I'm kind of sad because that means, like, uh, Eject like totally wasn't keeping up with Nolan Ryan and, like, he just let him die in Transformers Regeneration. He's like, <laughs> fuck Nolan Ryan. He didn't, he didn't do a no hitter, so they can all die. <laughs> like, yeah, basically. But, yeah, um, that's funny. Yeah, I don't know what Eject would have to say about the state of sports today, but uh, it probably wouldn't be good. So now we are moving on to the Fs, Fireflight, another aerial bot. Uh, He is an autobot. Uh, His function is reconnaissance, and his first appearance is Transformers 21. His quote is, When I'm flying, no enemy is safe, nor friend. So basically, I assume Fireflight engages in a lot of friendly fire, based Mm. on his quote. I think he's just a bad driver or something.
2: Yeah, it's like he's a terrible flyer or something. One wonders why they, like, make these guys, like, you know, it's
1: like, here's a guy who can't fly very well. Let's make him a jet. They're all
0: inept at their, like, special ability. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, I I mean, I guess if you followed the inept logic that Autobots couldn't fly on the cartoon, even though they flew in the first couple episodes, like, maybe these were, like, the first guys to fly ever. I don't know.
0: He transforms into a bomb, but hates loud noises.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: (laughs) Um... I don't remember a whole lot from the show with Fireflight, but he is the toy that got me back into Transformer Collecting. Um, basically as at college, I think I told the story before so I'll keep it short, but as at college, kinda homesick, as my first year, you know, really away from home, walked into like the cool hip comic book store that they had downtown at this college college city and there on the shelf was Fireflight for ten bucks. And he was one I never had as a kid. And like I said, once I saw him in person, I really liked the distinctive jet design with the red and then the blue and the, you know, the yellow lightning. So I picked them up, and then that was kind of when I got back into actively, tra- um, you know, collecting Transformers again. So I appreciate the toy for that much, at least. Cool.
1: Well, no, that's a cool story. I always like hearing about stuff like that, like those sort of moments where you kind of, you know go down the rabbit hole of Transformer collecting or whatever it is, like the, those things where you have those kind of distinct memories of, of uh, where the twists and turns occurred or whatever. Yep. So next up we've got First Aid. First Aid is a Autobot. He is a protectobot. bot His function is Doctor. His first appearance is Transformers 24, and his quote is... An ounce of maintenance is worth a pound of cure. So basically, the apple a day keeps first aid away. Transformers version of the quote, I guess, for, for machine-based life. I don't know. What, what. I guess, you know, first aid's been making a lot of strides and more than meets the eye, as
0: far as I can recall. I like the... Uh, well, he, I know. he
2: had his one big episode in yeah. season three, at least. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, if defense was a pussy, like, first aid's a super big pussy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: The pussiest part of Defender <laughs> comes from first aid.
1: I'm trying to remember, was it Ratchet's tools or first aid's tools that the mechanic stole? Uh, Ratchet's. Ratchet's? Oh, okay. So I can't blame that on first aid, huh?
2: Okay. I think he's okay. I mean, I like that episode, like, that he's in. Like, he's, uh, what do you call it? Like, he, he's well, like, acted by Michael Bell, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Like Made him very... Com- compassionate and like sympathetic i don't believe in fighting i'm a medic not a warrior you
1: know, obviously the the comic will be uh you know long past this point by the time this airs but without spoiling anything um i i, I did like his moment in uh more than meets the i-21 you know
2: yeah. understand. Yeah, yeah, that, that seemed like a moment right up your alley. Yeah, where.
1: It's just like, it okay.
2: seemed, Well, it seems like in IDW he doesn't have that sort of pacifistic uh pacifist is that the word I want? Pacifistic. Yeah. Uh like mindset
1: in yeah. that comp. So, yeah. He's not he's not the lifeline of Transformers. No, I guess not. I guess not. What uh I thought that the toy was fine. I mean, he turned into a pretty decent ambulance. It was kind of nice to have another guy besides Ratchet to like you know, quote unquote, patch up your your wounded Autobots. I guess you know. So I I was always appreciative for that. You know, have another doctor on the on the field yeah. or what have you. You know. Yep. I guess moving on here, we go to the age-old Transformers uh, debate and philosophical discussion. Uh, Rumble is red, frenzy is blue. Uh, we're moving on to Frenzy, he is a Decepticon, his function is a warrior, his first appearance is Transformers number one. His quote is, so panic and surrender will bloom. Um, Frenzy was one of the first Decepticons I owned, of course, I always kind of thought of him as Rumble because of the cartoon, um, but yeah, uh, Frenzy's more of a, what, uh, uh, sonic type guy than the whole earthquake thing that rumble does i guess right so
2: yeah although in the cartoon they just kind of simplified it and said they both had pile drive pretty much yeah yeah yeah. i mean i i usually go for the comic over the cartoon but in this i will say that i prefer red and black for frenzy okay
1: okay yeah I, i guess i was i since that was the first thing i was exposed to i I kind of had always thought of Rumble as blue, but, or, you know, blue, purple, whatever, you know, whatever you want yeah. to call those cartoon colors, but yeah. Um, now, Brian, you were saying that you do not like the, the robot modes on these guys?
0: Um, yeah, not a whole lot. Like, okay. their arm transformation's really weird, and they end up all curvy, and I don't know. Like, kind of with when, when Mike got the Insecticon, that was all loose. Like, maybe I had bad luck, and... The, yeah. The it sounds comp- like
1: I, I just think that's probably like a natural progression of older versions of these toys. You know, I think when they're like brand new they you know fit perfectly or whatever and the the little head that pops out the spring is like brand new, so everything's hunky dory. But I could see after, you know, those having some age for a while, it's like you try to you know, flip the arms over and put them in, and it just looks like a bunch of jumbled spaghetti where it's like, Bleh, I can't go in there, you know, or whatever, <laughs> you know, because it's just a kind of older, you know, toy or what have you. But, uh, yep. I, you know, I, I I guess maybe I, for me, those were some of the first tapes I owned. You know, I owned, I guess, Frenzy and, um, and, uh, Laserbeak. So, I mean, the, 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 those were kind of my, my standard as far as cassette tapes go. You know, I kind of look at those guys, the, the, little dinosaur than the the little, what is he, the little slug or stegosaurus or whatever. Like, I kind of look at those guys and I'm like, what? You know, so.
2: (laughs) I I like Frenzy. He kind of, I guess, like, like, much like Buzzsaw, he kind of has that mysterious, like, fan aura about him where I'm like, you know, he didn't show up much, so he must be like, you know, like, a big deal or something, you know, but. I get less than Buzzsaw, I guess though, cuz yeah. he showed up more than
1: Buzzsaw. Yeah, he seemed to show up occasionally.
2: Like I guess like him and Rumble compose a like unbreakable duo like nowadays it seems like, you know, you can't have one without the other. Right, right. Awesome. And I do I do like um in the IDW comics they like further like differentiated him from rumble by making him uh his hands turn into drills instead of like pile drivers so i thought that was kind of neat
1: so next up we've got we're we're now we're we're flying past the f's we're in the the letter g so we're, we're nearing to the close of the issue we're in the g's we're at the home stretch um we've got uh the the greatest autobot who should have appeared in in Marvel Team Up, like seventy-eight point one, but instead it was Transformers Three. Um, we've got Gears. The uh, he is an Autobot. His function is transport and reconnaissance. His quote: "Earth stinks, but Decepticons stink worse." I kind of agree. Hey, shut with up, him, you know? Gears. Yeah, I kind of agree with him. Earth Earth does stink. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I always think like Transformers Three should have been like you know Marvel Team Up like. Seventy-five point one or something, <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's that's kind of what I remember Gears for. He was the ornery guy who teamed up with uh, Spider-Man with his alien costume, the lost chapter of the the alien costume saga, Transformers number three, and then and then you know Gears quote unquote dies at the end, and Peter Parker goes into his kind of um, I don't know what the best way to describe it is. He he goes into this. Um, sort of idiosyncratic, you know, internal, you know, ethical thing, and he just doesn't understand that Gears is not, like, dead as he understands it. So, it's like, how can you be so cold, you bunch of fucking assholes? <laughs> yeah. You know? And I it's kind of yeah. like, dude, it's cool, <laughs> we're just going to... And gonna...
2: miss Prime is like, like, see, sure, spazzing out, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Damn, Fleshy, you're all sensitive and shit. We just got to put some oil in him and turn on a switch. It'll be all good. Um, but, yeah. So uh, gears, um, he he was pretty whiny on the cartoon, if I recall his voice. It was always kind of like,
0: yee, hey, man," you know, like kind of thing. So yeah, he was like the Debbie Downer in the episodes he had dialogue. Yes, yes.
2: I, I, I do like that one. His his spotlight episode where like they take out his like grumbly chip or something, <laughs> so he's like. He's all, like, friggin' happy and stuff. and Seems like if the... he... <laughs> and he's, like... You know, his best line is uh, when, like, Megatron's, like, making him do stuff, he goes, I love being a slave! <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seems like if the Autobots were the Seven Dwarfs, like, he would... He... Gears would definitely be Grumpy Dwarf. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I don't know if that makes Optimus Prime Snow White or Marissa Fairborn or whoever, but, yeah. Um, all right. Gears. Any any comments on, like, Gears toys or anything? Like, I know Gears eventually, like, had a... Who was the guy? It was, um... It was in More Than Meets the Eye. Swindle? Swerve. 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 Swerve, yeah. I know later Gears sort of had that repaint in Swerve. Um, but, I mean, is there anything else to talk about, like, toy-wise with Gears? Like, did he have any classics or fan party toys or anything like that?
0: Um... I don't think he had classic toys that I remember, but um he did have he has like two fan toys I believe. Oh, okay. Um I'm trying to think of the names. Cogs, I think is might be one. Okay. With their clever renaming, but uh Yeah. Yeah, um that's all I know really. Like one of them looked really cool, but I think that was the first one released and then like they sold out really quickly. So now there's like this SRV variable something weird name like that that's coming out but it's not as good so
1: so continuing on the Autobot gravy train with the letter g uh we're up on grapple uh grapple is an autobot his function is an architect which was pretty apparent from any cartoons and comic books that you might have read or seen um his first appearance was transformers number 14 his quote was beauty is in everything except war Oh, isn't that sweet? It's very sweet travel. I always thought it was weird that, like, those guys in issue 14, like, didn't they all, like, get, like, zapped with the creation matrix or something? Am I remembering that wrong? Or did they, like, actually... Um, It was something like...
2: It was something like they kept their memories, like, in crystals
1: or something. And like, Optimus Prime gave them new life or something. It was like like they, they were on Cybertron, but they didn't use those bodies or something, or... Yeah. yeah. Something it was something very strange like that where I was always kinda like, Well, how does that work? you know, like I wouldn't want to put myself in a crystal and not have my body when I came back out, you know? I always thought that was kinda weird. Grapple was always building shit on the cartoon and then people like <laughs> Devastator or somebody were tearing it down, I think. Um and then and then all I remember is like, you know, people like uh, you know, I don't know, Red Alert probably thought Grapple was trying to like steal his Oreos or something. I don't know. Like that's that's all I can kind of remember. Anybody else got anything on, on grapple?
0: There's the hauler connection, I guess. Like, uh, in, uh,
1: like like the the whole it was he in the first episode of More Than Meets the Eye type thing.
0: Yeah. So and that's actually something that uh that interview with uh Floro asked that instead of this time not answering stupidly, he just said I don't know. So awesome. He wasn't so like
1: mystery. I just he he didn't answer I just, he wasn't like the cones were the nose. So yeah. He was a conehead. Yes, he turns
0: into a jet. So it's, yeah, <laughs> nothing stupid like that. It's just like I don't know.
2: I just assume that like that toy was supposed to be in the first wave and like it got knocked back, but then they didn't tell the
1: animators or something. Yeah, probably. Hmm. Okay, that's that's interesting. So like like grapple would have been like the G one version, and then like inferno would have been like. The or I don't know the first season version and Inferno would have been like the season two version or something. Yeah, it could yeah. be. Okay, okay, that's interesting. Um, so I guess I guess if, if nobody has anything else on Grapple, uh, we'll move on. Uh, and here we got the big, probably the the second biggest transformer I think in this in this issue. I might say. I mean I don't know. That's what I would say. Um, and of course, uh, you know, Justin's not here, but, uh, you know, this is his namesake Transformer. This is Grimlock. Um, his subgroup is Dinobot, of course. He is the Dinobot commander. His first appearance is in Transformers 4, where he's kicking it in the Savage Land, beating up on Shockwave. Um, his quote is, among the winners, there is no room for the weak. So, we got Grimlock. Um, I was always kind of sad because I never really wanted Grimlock until season three because then that's when I kind of decided he was like a really important main character, you know, cause I was running around <laughs> getting like, you know, all the main characters from season three that I could get my hands on like cup and blur and,
2: you mean you
1: mean when he forgot how to transform? Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much. Like I was like, oh well, but he's always in all these episodes now. So like I was like, oh, I gotta get Grimlock. And then I remember specifically going to Toys R Us, and I remember the girl who worked there was like, oh, sorry. Like he was really cool. He turned into a T Rex. I remember him, but we don't, you know, we didn't, we don't get those anymore, you know. And I was just kind of like, oh, you know, because at that point I think I I had had Slag because I really liked the Triceratops, and then I think I had Swoop. And that was probably it. Like I only had two Dinobots, but I thought, oh, you know, I should, I should get Grimlock now because he's, he's a main character. But it was it was too late, you know. So I don't.
2: I, I like Grimlock. I, I mean, I don't hate him or anything, but I, he's not like one of my favorite characters or anything. I mean, seems, seems I like guess he's
1: one of Simon Furman's favorite characters. Yeah,
2: he's definitely one of Simon Furman's. But, I, I think the only. I guess he's. Oh. I was just going to say, I guess he's like the Wolverine of Transformers, yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah like, kind of. I guess I like him better than I do Wolverine, so that's I, something, I guess. <laughs> uh,
1: all I was going to say was the only time I really ever hated him was when they had him do his King Grimlock phase, because, you know, I didn't mind the, the one issue where he, you know, gets the Dinobots to fight off Trypticon, because I thought, you know, he had learned something. You know, I thought, like, okay, he's... He's kind of ruling the Autobots with an iron fist, and they don't really appreciate it or anything. And you know, nothing's really working out. But then by the end of the issue, it's like, oh look, we beat Trypticon, Like Grimlock understands now, you know. Like, and everybody's like, "Hail Grimlock!" And things are going to get better. And then the next issue was just like, "I'm still an Back asshole." To normal. Like, you yeah. know, give me my energon Sunday and lick <laughs> my dino tail, or you know. Well, I, I was.
2: Too. I was super happy though that his masterpiece toy came with that crown. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, like, "Oh, that's awesome! That's fucking awesome!"
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I'll say I preferred the cartoon version up until probably season three. Um, I really enjoyed the <laughs> the Dinobots when they're like menacing and like seem like actual threats. You know, not. not but you didn't like them as the comic relief. Yeah, not so much. Me Grimlock, no bozo, me king. But um. Also, like, the the original G1 toys really stand out from the G1 line as being exceptionally well-designed. And, Mm -hmm. like, they're just filled with detail. You know, I mean, they have cool transformations. They got all those clear panels, and you can see, like, gears and stuff beneath them and stuff. So, I mean, I don't know. They're just really great toys. And for, you know, two out of three seasons, they're really cool characters.
1: um, I'm just going to go to Bat and say... uh... I like Grimlock's new brain. So there.
0: <laughs> well there you go too. Like, that was a like, good episode.
1: I Grimlock am totally into this schnazzy stuff.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> um like as much as I claim I disliked all the uh you know comedy relief aspects and um what's a really well animated episode it's slipping my mind right oh, now. Uh, call of the, the
2: primitives. Yeah, yes. and
0: call of the primitives. I love it when he's charging at um the uh Prime, or Trypticon, and Primacon's fighting him, and, like, is something, you know says something like, wait, Grimlock, and Grimlock's like, me, Grimlock know what me doing, and he keeps charging, and then, oh yeah, Trypticon, me, like,
1: Grimlock, yeah,
0: Grimlock, oh yeah, he just gets crushed by Trypticon, it's just, <laughs> I did laugh at that line.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, you know, I, I, there's things I like about Grimlock, I mean, I think, like, with anything else, like, I, I think most of those characters that, uh, have a great deal of fan love, uh, whether it's from the writers like Simon Furman or, or it's just, you know, love from all the fans or whatever. I mean, obviously like you usually start out either liking or loving the character, but you know, I, I think Grimlock's definitely a character that I could see people, you know, getting on overload in a lot of the comics where, you know, you, you kind of, you get a little sick of the character maybe sometimes where it's like, there's too, too much overexposure, you know, like where Deadpool had like, you know, 15 books and you're like, all right, look, I, I like Deadpool and everything, but not all these books, you know, or whatever, where it was like, I, I remember there was like some point where it's like Grimlock's like the main character in, you know, uh, you know, the, you know, whatever it was like the, the, you know, fall of whatever miniseries or the war within or, you know, like all this kind of stuff. So after a while you're kind of like, whoa, hold on there. Like, you know, he doesn't have to be like the main character all the time. But, yeah, I mean, when, when he's done well and everything, and you know, I can appreciate that. And it looks like Grimlock is the final entry for this issue. So, yeah, we, we made it through the page by page. Uh, this is the last entry. Um, so, uh, you know, the, the, the moving forward plan is, uh, you know, we just covered issue one of Transformers Universe. Uh, this is a month-long thing for the fan holes. So, you know, obviously this is the, you know, when this airs, it'll be the first week in June. And by the time we wrap this up with issue four, uh, you know, the the new Transformers film, uh, Age of Extinction, will uh, be in theaters. So hopefully by the time you listen to all these podcasts, you know, you'll be all brushed up and, and ready to go see, uh, you know, Transformers, I guess, if that's your thing. And, um, you know, Please come and check out the the next couple segments, page by page, where we cover issues two through four of Transformers Universe. This is going to be Derek, Derek W.C., uh, signing off for tonight.
0: Hey, this was Brian Breakdown.
1: And Mike Thunderwood.
0: Peace.
2: I have no known weaknesses.
1: I know that's pretty badass, like no known weaknesses. What what can you say to that, you know? How can you pwn a guy with no known weaknesses? And then Grimlock's like you talk too much and throws him out of the fucking airlock.
0: <laughs> well my my only hits, weakness hits is my own psychosis.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my own you're like my own latent
2: psychosis that I refuse to acknowledge, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know. You're all against me. Shut up, Red Alert. Yeah. Well,
2: I think everyone's weakness should be listed as buzzsaw.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that it, like, it, 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 just just take out buzzsaw and put in Batman and you'll understand why I'm groaning at you. So <laughs>